What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMBA show. I'm bad at it. You didn't have a lesson to you. If you ever get to be on the DMBA show, you better come with your intro noise. What if you give me a heads up not five minutes ago? I gave you a heads up with four years of show. Don't you watch the show? Yeah, you got to be ready. We got a great one for you lined up today. I have heard some rumblings. Of a very surprised player out of summer workout. Somebody who's really impressed. And it's not going to be somebody you would have guessed. It's not going to be somebody you would have guessed. But somebody who's really stood out. We're going to talk about that as well as some other rumblings. Uh, Gilbert Arenas upset about Hakeem Olajuwon charging 50000 Actually leads to an interesting topic I want to get into. I got to have some thoughts. I have some (laughs) thoughts on it. Vote has created his top five things he wants to see this season. We're also going to talk about... How we're running it back year two of the same team? How could it be different, or is it going to be the exact same? And then in that light, we're going to snake draft sequels, hey. <laughs> sequels that were better than the original, or at least heads you know, up, best Adam sequels. is going to steal mine. I'm, gonna de- told I'm definitely going to steal yours. <laughs> Should have never shared it. Um, you guys, we got a great panel today wearing women's clothing. It's Brennan Vote. <laughs> that was great, but I wasn't prepared for it. I'm happy to be here. I'm feeling good. I feel like I look good, but I won't speak for other people. Opinion on me, but I'm happy to be here. Just saying, it's you said it was your new brand. Is it a secret brand? I wasn't supposed no, no, to share? I just wasn't prepared for that particular <laughs> intro. This is a women's jacket, what Adam's trying to tell you. <laughs> just trying to, he was proud of it a minute ago. Now he, wasn't he proud of it a second yeah, ago? He, he, he was told bragging. us. I, I wouldn't guess. I wouldn't have yeah. guessed it either, but he was very guessed. proud that I, I bring was, it up yeah. and he's very embarrassed. So I don't know what, what to do <laughs> it's here. It's just a hilarious intro. <laughs> and joining us, second time on the DMBA show, all the way from Israel, Denver Nuggets super fan, aka Den Nuggets fans. On Twitter, it's a like, guys. Um, I wore Adam's favorite color. It doesn't look like it. Salmon, but I had it for you before. <laughs> so don't, don't get your head pink. Wait, great, great work, man. Thanks, That's what man. I'm saying. Thanks. I hope I look good, but uh, I try. I try. The chat will let you know. The chat, will, back. The chat will definitely let you chat, know. Chat, back me up. Guys, I've, we said this yesterday. I just feel like we're on a hot streak with good shows, man. We've been having nothing but bangers for like a week and a half or, or so lately. And I'm just telling you, it's because. The off season, we were all tired. It was it was a long season, this or that. But I'm ready. The heart is ready. Said, are you ready for the Nuggets? I mean, they're in Absolutely. training camp in two weeks. Absolutely. I mean, I could not stop this off season. I could not stop just watching highlights. I'm like, my wife was happy when the sh- you know they won the championship. Yeah. She thought I'm done. Yeah. And I'm not, <laughs> she was fooled. Yeah. No, this is just the beginning. <laughs> this no, this is where I, I really dive in. It's like I got it. You know, you get emotional about that that run because there is yeah. I mean, we waited so long we've been you know i mean maybe i'm the shortest like the shortest time but man that was emotional run uh to a lot of nuggets fan that they waited for for years and they got it in an amazing fashion yeah. congrats on the it. wife by the way that, uh, <laughs> what? just congratulating yeah you. Oh, well, having, i've been married for nine years yeah, yeah. Okay. good for you two huh? kids and one on the way so hey, yeah, 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 yeah. there you go well, so you yesterday on the show we were arguing about what games were the best to go back and rewatch. Okay, by the way, you kind of I did me out rewatch only one game. You said it best Nuggets games, and everybody was mad because they're like, "Well, Game Five is the best game," which again wasn't even with that verbiage. I would disagree with. Yeah. But this was like, no, you go back to rewatch. Them. I could have thrown rewatch in there. I've only rewatched one game, and I did. One, I w- did. You've only rewatched one game. I did one, but I watch a lot of highlights. But oh, I did rewatch that one game which is game three because which one ma- of the final of the final it okay. meant so much to me that yep. after the game two they lost at home and i was like you know kind of freaking out i'm like oh this is miami they've done it blah 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 the point the fact that their stubbornness their mental toughness they went and they got triple double they never never done been like it never been happened before on uh you know in any game nba game preseason yeah. uh, playoff game in the finals i love that it happens in the final. and it must win mentally tough those two guys like together and they went both got triple a 30 point triple double that was just to me i'm, I'm still like not grasping this idea like <laughs> or this you know that game just i had to go and like how did that happen and it's not like you feel it But it was just amazing to me. There's also performances where a player, no matter how great they are, plays above themselves. Like, I think Jokic's game one against the Lakers was that. You couldn't expect that from Jokic every night, even though he has it in him. It was like, yeah, but he was also especially on fire that game. Right. Game three, to me, was not that. Game three of the Heat series was Murray and Jokic are that good. 
they just were focused because they knew they had to be. Mm-hmm. And they dominated and they picked apart all of the adjustments that Miami had made throughout the course of the first two and then three games. Right. They picked them all out. And I put this on Twitter. After that game, that was the emotional apex of the series, in part because it felt like that was Miami's best and that was Denver's right. best. And it was better. And so from there, games four and five just played out because there was nothing else for Miami to True. do. I was it's thinking true. about this. I almost said it on the show yesterday when you asked people about the most dominant duos of all time and the peaks of those duos yeah. and the best duo finals performances. People are going to go to Pippen and Jordan and, and Kobe and Shaq, as they should. Who is the duo with a triple-double in the same yeah. game in the NBA finals that they'd go on to win? After they lost at home and they are playing in Miami. That was like yeah. that's so just no the whole story on that. It's like a top it's duo a climax, moment. man. It's yeah. like it's as good as a duo has ever played together when it matters. And what was interesting about that one because you could argue that the talent level of that Miami Heat team is below, you know, maybe it's a below average finals talent. I actually think that's true. Like right. Max Struess in the show. Yeah, sure. But They're I think they were. Tough. But I think they were above. At, well, definitely mentally tough. They were in the top, you know, right. percentile. But I think that they were also elite at. Um, their ability to mold themselves, their uh, adjustability, you know, they, they were very versatile, their versatility. Mm-hmm. And even though they weren't supremely talented, they could make Denver like, okay, well, then you have to do this. Oh, you broke that. Okay, then you have to do this. And that game to me was, it doesn't matter what you do, the outcome's the same. They played a bunch of different strategies, tried to force the ball in a bunch of different directions, and Denver just, and Murray and Jokic in particular, just complete, every time down court, it was like, oh, they're going to front, boom, this. Oh, they're going to hedge, this. Mm-hmm. And it was just one play after the other, and that whole game was just a series of Miami throwing everything, a super versatile team being super versatile, and Denver being like, but we're more versatile. Right, right. And we're, we're mentally tougher. By and way, mentally tougher, the, or at least equal. Great, I would say yeah. equal and more talented. Chat adding on to your great point. Two 30-point triple-doubles, by right. the way. Yeah. Not, just <laughs> not one. Yeah, not one. Not one. But it's funny it's that Murray had a done. 30, you know, 11 and 10 or whatever and had the second-best triple-double. Like, Yoke also had a 30-20-10 game, which is also, again, only three players right. ever. Right, And he had it in the same game that another player had a 30-point triple-double unbelievable. on his team. It, just, it was all-time. It's just uh, unbelievable performance. Emotional apex. So that game, to me, is among the most rewatchable. The only thing I'll say is it's m- the most impressive game but maybe not the funniest, you know, like what makes for a great rewatch game one to me is the funniest just because Jokic is doing things that are like, what oh, the, the final of the, of the Lakers series, yeah. sorry, of the Lakers okay. series. But for me, emotional apexes game three of the heat series game mm. three of the Lakers series. I think it's game six of the sun series, just because even though game five, they won game six, the beatdown was like the emotional, it was like, you, are you going to win close or are you going to win blowout? And it's like, oh, we're going to win like I, in hilarious fashion. We didn't get this moment, right? But everyone remembers the Luca meme looking at Devin Booker and mm-hmm. laughing. When that happened, I remember being as jealous as I've ever been of yeah. another fan base for a moment. I said, I want that for us. Yeah. And then you're sitting there in game six and you're realizing, oh, this is that for us. Oh, yeah. Same right. thing. Run the right. script And back. what's funny, Jamal and, uh, and Jokic, they're sitting just... The, bo- oh, the bo- that's that my favorite. Business. That's because it Just was the boring. Business. No, they were hyped. I will say this. They were super hyped. They just in had the a first quarter. Yeah, they down. had so much time to be like, I mean, they were up 20. Oh, okay. The Suns cut it to like 12 at one point, and there was like a moment of like, all right, let's see if they make that it. That is run. true. And just smacked him right back. And maybe this is yeah. an after-the-fact pod narrative, but I'm with you in that there does feel like they beat the Wolves, and the whole world was like, yeah, they should have beat the Wolves. They beat the Suns, and we were like, wow, they beat the Suns. But the Nuggets were like, yeah, we beat the Suns. Yeah, right. no, they're we're like, no, better. we beat down we're ready for this. We're ready for this. The <laughs> Lakers came, and they knew before the rest yeah. of us that they were going to so sweep true. them. So there was just this. But they didn't. Their challenge, because I kind of think they knew around January yeah. that this was yeah, really, really on the table. And their challenge so was this. going after it, but threading the needle of not getting too high yeah. before the job is done. Right. And so there's this weird, there's this eerie calmness when it's it's the expectation for themselves. Not just the goal, not just what they want, but when that's what they think they're gonna do. And there that's that was the poise that was palpable throughout the whole run. True. Yeah. There are many, so, so many good like games moments. I mean, you it's can't perfect. go wrong it's with anything. And this is yeah. how I know the internet has ruined everyone's brain is because we put out a list of like happiest moments of you know basically it's like most rewatchable, have a good time, and people are like mad. What? No way! And it's like guys. The exercise is, these are all so fun. You should have your own list. Share your own list. Yeah, share your own list. That's actually the fun right. part. It's like, no, for me, it was Lakers game one. Right. For you, it was Lakers game three. For sure. you, it was Suns game six, whatever it is. Right, right, and that's right, right. the joy is that there was literally, when we went through the list, 
Number 12, when I was we were doing honorable mentions, I was like, this is like a 10 out of 10 game. Yeah. It didn't even make the top 10. To be clear, would rewatch all of them. All of them, yeah. I will say the Minnesota series, because I have gone back and yeah, rewatched them all now. It's just it's just so up, uneven. The Nuggets didn't quite have their consistent 48 hours or 48 minutes of great play just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move it on, though, guys, because I have some headlines to get here. Gilbert Arenas, who I love, funny personality. He's on every podcast right now. He had a very strange video where he was knocking Akeem Olajuwon because Akeem is charging $50,000 for players to go work on their postgame. $50,000. Now, Akeem Olajuwon has top five footwork out of the post of any player ever and probably top two or three post footwork, maybe number one. He has a kid. Most people would say number one because mm-hmm. I think he's the most dominant player with good footwork, but out of the post of big men. So players like Giannis, we know Dwight Howard went there, Kobe Bryant went there Mm -hmm. and worked out with him. He's an all-timer, but Gilbert Arenas thinks that he's too old. He's saying, Akeem played in the 90s. The NBA is too different. What are guys wasting their money to go learn from from Akeem? Fair or foul, Brendan Vogt? Whose side are you taking here, Akeem's or Gilbert Arenas? All right, I have a two-pronged answer. Oh, he's going to be wrong. I think that I am taking Hakeem's side in the actual argument. But the art of the take is oh, it's a ten out of ten. I mean, you gotta watch the clip. Yeah. It's so good. I almost agreed with it's him. Like he's playing one-on-one basketball with you. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you're funny enough, you can make any crazy opinion sound good. Right. Yeah. But I think it's crazy. I also think it's been long enough now that there's more value in investing in the zag, especially after a footwork-oriented center just went and won the title. There's something to, you know, the center position has turned into this skilled perimeter kind of thing, and guys are learning how to play that way, and everyone talks about how the post-up is dead. Well, what does that mean if you're one of three guys who can post up? No one can guard you. Right. No one's ready for that. Right. And I actually think it's what some of the bigs who aren't Jokic need. Maybe Embiid a little bit, right? And I think double teams coming at you out of the post when you can practice how you pass out of that and what your offense looks like is different than they know you're just going to ISO on the wing 20 feet from the basket and maybe throw some late help and you throw it out of bounds. Like being able to operate out of the post is essential to Jokic's success. So maybe we're maybe Gilbert was right for a moment in time, but I think we're maybe we've come all the way around to there might be value in zagging for like the zip. I like that take. Yeah. Uh for me, I mean uh Nobody's forcing any of those players to go to Hakeem. It's <laughs> <laughs> like also fifty. You know, 000. I'm offering my services. You're welcome to buy it or not, you know, <laughs> or pass it along. But I, I mean, he has a point. I mean, he probably not up to date on the, the style of the game right now. But it's still, I mean, it's just a preparation mentally too. And like Vote said, you need somebody to be able to defend Jokic, and it's probably an emphasis. So, so a lot. He knows a lot about defense too. And That's a good stuff. point too. So yeah. it's just more than I mean again nobody's forcing and what what is he charging 50,000 50,000 yeah. that's nothing that's, I know, that's, that's the, money that's to the us thing. it's yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. not to them all of that stuff is always on a curve yeah cuz yeah. their money is just completely different it's like when player gets fined 50,000 dollars and people are like that's so much money like it's actually not he doesn't that's, even know it's gone know if you didn't gone. tell him that that yeah. happened he wouldn't know it's um, crazy money yeah. i think he is dead wrong on this one i think he's dead wrong gilbert arenas is and here's the thing the game has changed I think, and I've said this with regards to Team USA, when everybody just says, oh, it doesn't matter. As long as we spend our best players, we're going to win. That may very well still be true. We're going to find out next year if that's true or not. But it's less true every year, in part because I do think, and this happens across all things. The whole world is just like mirroring other industries and other things. But Mm -hmm. it's happened in the NBA where we solved some of the dumb traditions of basketball and got them out. The long two, for example, the mid-range, the guy stepping on the line. You watch clips of, um, you know, guy three-point Mark Price back in the 90s, and he's shooting like three shots a game with his foot on the three-point line, and you're just like, what the hell? We got rid of that, and that was a good thing. Even the mid-range pull-up, some of the ISO, some of the stuff, we got smarter about it. I think we overcorrected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I honestly think we overcorrected a lot. And the NBA game, then you go to international competition where the rules are only slightly different, just slightly different in ways. The style is a lot different. But that's the thing is the ripple effects of it are very large. And all of a sudden it's like, you know what? It actually might benefit you to have more traditional sized big men. Maybe the NBA has created a niche style of basketball that really values a certain type of thing and really undervalues another thing. 
But I think the post-game and the post-footwork, especially the way Akeem played it, Akeem wasn't just like Ennis Cantor, just shooting up post-jumpers and mm. jump hooks. He was also a facilitator and a great passer from the elbows and this or that. Is there still a place for that in today's game that a lot of players could uh, benefit from? When you put this in the rundown, I thought I saw a clip this morning. It's a baseball clip. I'll try to keep this brief. It's Dante Bichette, who I actually think is a bit of an asshole, legendarily, but that's neither here nor there. The clip is good. He is working with a young hitter, and in baseball right now, everything is about loft, bat speed, and, mm -hmm. and the launch angle. And that's a, a large-scale trend that I think most role players or average players have been, okay, this is how the game is played. I'll adjust too. And Bichette is giving this guy a lesson on what it means to be a great hitter. And he's kind of he's kind of showing him the art of hitting that's been lost as right. we've overcorrected to the analytical approach. And you can fit in to the curve by doing what everyone else is doing, but he's trying to encourage this guy to become not a great power hitter, but a great hitter. Right. And to me, it's actually structurally very analogous to what we're talking about mm -hmm. right now. That it, when, a, when a sport makes a wholesale shift like that, particularly in the analytics era, I do wonder about a threshold cross where now there's more value than ever than going back and learning from the past. Right. Dwight Howard is the perfect example of this to me on one end of the spectrum, which is he was an elite pick and roll big. Roll to the rim, jump high, but it wasn't sexy. And, and the old guys, the shacks of the world, thought it didn't require enough skill. So they like would always tell him he needs to post up because it does take more like basketball skill or mm -hmm. whatever. But the truth was he he didn't need to do that. He was very effective at a certain thing. So that's where these things start. But they evolved to like Andre Drummond. Don't learn to post up. Learn to run dribble handoffs. Learn right. to shoot threes. And it's like, it's Andre Drummond, you guys. Right. What are we doing? He doesn't You're need to be out here. wasting a big body. <laughs> wasted, wasted of a big size. He should be an offensive rebounder. He should be True. have a little bit of a jump hook or at the very least, teach him how to have good footwork so he can facilitate from there. Right. To me, you can teach what efficiency is. And still teach, like, okay, the post, you have to be hyper-efficient from here. Mm -hmm. But you become better hyper-efficient by being having better footwork or, or these various right, things. Right, right. You can, you, it may not be an efficient look right now because it's a deficiency. But right. if you address that, it could actually be an asset. Can, can I have a quick question? Oh, please, you guys? Yeah. Who do you guys think can defend or limit Jokic as of right now in the post-ups? Almost no it one. Takes two, it takes two, two people. Takes two. It, it takes two take people. One. It takes Even Draymond. Draymond and Looney. You yeah. know, it takes like two players working in tandem, and then Denver, when they have all their guys, I think can. Yeah. When you say punish even Embiid, you. that's the best example, right? Denver yeah. was crushing them in that game. They took Embiid off of him so that Tucker could do it, and Embiid could be the roamer and the helper, right. and that's when it changed. So it is a right. two. It is a two-person thing. But I do just generally speaking, I think, you know, as it pertains to the big man, the Warriors thing happened, and everyone thought our big needs to be versatile and do the things that Adam thought. And all those bigs got played off the floor anyway. Right. So I just maybe part of it was that no one could beat the. GD Warriors. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and may, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should turn your Andre Drummond to do a Clint Capella. Or Whenever whatever. you win, mm. everybody goes, we have to do that. And Yoke right. just won with great post footwork and stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised if people are like, we need that. We need we need a better post he guy. Won, he won round. with that style. When I open, I pass. When I yeah, run, I yeah, score. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. On the other side, I am going to ask the question about Akeem to me is a guy that transcends eras. And that's why Gil's comments especially bother me, mm -hmm. is it would have made sense if he was talking about, you know, a, a Bill Cartwright or some, you know, some, know, some other guy that was just a guy of the era or whatever. But it's Akeem, one of the greatest players ever. And I'm like, come on, those guys, their talents transcend. But Have, we'll talk about right. it on the other side. Right. Having said that, it's a great clip. It's it an is awesome a great clip. clip. Oh, man. And we just talked about it. So, would you know, he did it. What about, uh, what about a little coincidence here? Because our first read, Saeed, is Shady Rays. What did you do today? Will you tell the fine folks at home? It's actually yes, yeah, yesterday, yesterday. Excuse me. I stopped there. I told them the NVR sent me. And I'm like, all right. They gave me a hug, coffee, a meal. No, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no, they treat me well. I can say that. They treat me well. I picked two nice pair of glasses and uh, they gave me a really nice discount. They were super nice and they hooked me up really good. There you go. And it's not, he's, he's not special. He's special to us, but he's not special when it comes to this deal. Any of you, whether it's online at shadyrace.com or you head to their stores, if you use code DNVR, if you tell them we sent you, you will get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Not 15, 50. Half off, folks. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Probably my only good feature growing up was my uh, luscious locks, my thick, voluminous hair. You know what I mean? 
It's really, it's beautiful. But uh, I'm getting older and I'm uh, I'm prepared for the thinning stage. I've seen it. In let me the, see, let me see. Well, I'm under a hat right now. I know, but, but let me I, see if it's thinning there. There's a little oh, bit. No, 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 it's still pretty good. good. All right, well, you know, I know that, that time keeps on ticking, you know yeah, what I mean? It does, man. Uh, and if you're worried about thinning hair, you want to take care of your hair and make it look as good and healthy as you can. You do not have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. The number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair. Growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Take the first step. Head to Nutrafol.com slash men. That's Nutrafol.com slash men. Enter code DNVR. And find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Alrighty, we are back here. Segment 2, DNVR Nuggets Podcast, Hump Day Edition. So, Akeem to me, like, people wouldn't say this of Magic Johnson. If Magic Johnson went to work with Jamal Murray, I don't think it would be dumb of us to be like, that old guy? <laughs> you know, and it's true. Murray and Magic Johnson are completely different. Right. But Magic is such a great player that there's probably something he knows about the game and could share that would be valuable. And you'd also probably be like, Magic's probably not teaching him, you know, Moves antiquated or, things yeah. or this or that. Like, there's something there. Akeem, to me, is in that category of mm. players that I go, yes, it was a different era. Yes, they played the game differently. But guess what? I know this about Akeem. Not only is he smart enough that he sees those differences, he's written about this. Mm. Do you guys remember last year, the article where yep. Akeem proclaimed Jokic the one? Right. The one. He did. And he also had another article years earlier in the Players' Tribune where he talked about how he loves the evolution of the NBA because mm -hmm. the big man is now freed. He's talking about the specific ways the league is different and talking about the ways in which his skill set can be adjusted to apply to today's era. Akeem is one of those guys that I think actually gets it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. to, to think that he would be teaching like jump hooks and like inefficient type right. stuff is insane to He's me. He's not totally ignorant about the current style today. And to your point, when Mori went to Kobe's uh, camp one yeah. day, he, it's not about the skills. He learned about the Mamba yep. mentality. Yep. And that's what he brought uh, in the playoffs many right. times. So it's just more than skills or moves. It's just also mentality. So, so I'm glad you brought up Kobe because to me, I have thought this a lot. Kobe today, if he was around, I think would be doing these things. He was already doing yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But I think he would be doing these. And I hate... I have to be careful saying this because can, it can go too far and it can be crass. When you put words in the mouth of somebody who's passed away, sure. I have no idea what Kobe would think of modern-day players or this or that. I will tell you, I wish I did. I mm -hmm. think about this a lot. I really, whatever you think of Kobe and everything else, Kobe's perspective on basketball was really interesting. Really interesting. Sometimes he was wrong. Like right. sometimes, or sometimes I should he say was he right was wrong. By Jokic. Sometimes yeah. I disagreed with yeah. him. But he always had an insight that would at least make me think about the game in a new way. Mm. I really, really, really wish we knew what Kobe thought of the Nuggets in 2023. We know he predicted Jokic would win an MVP, or he challenged, or challenged him. him he challenged yeah. him, too, and he immediately went and won two. That was before anybody else was even predicting it. It was so off the True. radar. We know that Murray went to his camp. I have long said that I think Jamal Murray is more like Kobe than he is like any other great player. Like people can compare More him to Steph, Steph. Yeah. To Steph or yeah, to Dame yeah. or this that. I actually think Jamal Murray it is very it, it's maybe best to describe him as the point guard Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was a scoring guard. He was a shooting guard so mm -hmm. he is wired a little bit differently but if he was a little smaller and a point guard I think Jamal in today's NBA I think he would play like Jamal. They have a very similar mentality. They have phenomenal footwork. People don't know that Jamal's footwork is underrated. He has great Post-ups. Yeah, but not good. even just post-ups. Sidesteps. Everything like he has phenomenal footwork. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously a Kobe's trait. I wish that we got to hear what he thought about this team. Yeah. His nickname is Glitch. They called him in Canada back in Canada. Yeah. Just for all the moves he did. Yeah. I you know, it's hard not to think he would have an appreciation for it. Again, only projecting and assuming and and, and all that. But there's one of the things that was, I guess, ironic about Kobe and how the the modern era criticisms we applied after the fact of like ISO obsessed or too scoring heavy and maybe didn't pass the ball the way some of the, the greats did. His, his perspective on the game always seemed kind of incongruent with that criticism in the box we put him in. Despite his affinity for the art of scoring in ISO and making a tough bucket, 
he seemed to get the game as it pertained outside of just that, outside of just the one-on-one egotistic kind of American perspective on it. So it's, I'm, I think he's a guy who maybe held his basketball beliefs lightly in the palm of his hand. <laughs> Three times right, in a row. Right. And Three shows lo- in a row. A lot of things about Kobe, that, which I didn't know, he's well-educated around the world. Like, he was oh, yeah. trilingual. Yeah. You know, he grew up in Italy. Yeah. So y- you think he knows about the game internationally. So he's And appreciated more, it. Right. And so he probably got some, you know, some skills. So with that, like, he was more... I didn't know that, and I appreciate that, you know, after his passing. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think just for me, I, the NBA to me, I do think when it's all said and done, 2020 is going to be the cutoff of a year where like we look at the NBA as a different era. And the last three years or four years, whatever it's been since Kobe passed away, I mean, he passed away. It's weird to think he passed away right before COVID. Right. Think about how different the world is like from that moment on, basically. So he was out. Right before all these things. And I just want, I really wish I knew his opinion on a lot of these little micro uh, changes and, and, and storylines that have emerged in the last four years. And I just wish we had his input because I genuinely, again, I hate to put words in his mouth, but I genuinely think he would have had a very special affinity for the Nuggets, this Nuggets team. Not, not a general appreciation of like right. any great team. He's not a but fan. But I think he might have been like, that's beautiful. <laughs> like that's. You got the Murray piece of this that is, you know, he's so intense. He's got the mama mentality. You got the Jokic. Like, Kobe loved the intellect of the game. I think he would have looked in, at mm-hmm. Jokic and been like, this guy has solved it. Um, I think that would have been really cool. And then here's what got me thinking about this. That video that we talked about yesterday of him and Jelko Abradovich, where he's talking about uh. calling Jelko. That's a Kobe move. This is a Kobe move. This is the thing that was different about Kobe. Kobe was reaching out to random coaches. Like, there's always stories about I get a call, somebody says, Hey, it's Kobe. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Come on. And they're like, No, it really is. I wanted to know about your, and he read my book or he did some weird thing mm. where Kobe was just like obsessed with basketball that he would look at weird places for it. Jokic calling up or reaching out to Jelko Abradovich to me is, is it just reminded me of Kobe so much where I'm like, Of course, of course, this dude is doing these random things. Right. Well, no, I remember the uh, the article, but uh, I mean, I don't have much to add except no, I agree. He, he doesn't show that. Like he shows, like, oh, the job is done. I can go home, kind of thing. Yeah. He does not advertise himself very well, but the, on the inside, he really cares and he <laughs> yeah. holds on to to the details. And he began to operate as an agent of the game, not not right. So like a a consultant, an ambassador to everyone, right? The 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 collective knowledge base growing was good for basketball, right? right. So it wasn't, and we know Kobe coached youth teams and all that, but it wasn't necessarily coaching or training so much as it was obsession with the game and a willingness and desire to share and learn. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, that is something I can, that, that's what's so cool about that Jokic video is you, I can, I can see that. This is a guy that's so smart and has seen the game differently. And I don't know if he would have an interest in training or coaching, but I, do think he could end up in that arc where he's just sitting around and he's realized something and he makes a phone call, you know, that, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. Um, and then it made me think, how surprised would you be if Kobe or if Jokic ended up becoming a coach? Right. Because I, I think we all have this default of like, Yoke likes basketball, doesn't love it, wants to go back to somber, loves horses more yes. than basketball. He said many times, basketball's not my whole life. But then I look at this and I go, the Joko Obradovic story is very interesting. Just kidding. I've told this before when we were in Serbia. Joko Obradovic was a very good player. Not a superstar, but good enough to be on the national team for Yugoslavia. They came to him one time, administrators, which included former legends, mm-hmm. and they basically tapped him and said, I think it's time your career's up. You are destined to be a coach. A what you one. offer to us mm-hmm. now will be more valuable at coaching. And he's like, I'm a player. I'm getting ready for FIBA World uh, Eurobasket. And basically, they convinced him to retire and to become a coach, and he goes on to become the greatest coach. Mm-hmm. And it just shows you almost the Serbian mind frame of, like, sometimes you're selected for service, and, like, <laughs> it's your job. And you to have like, to take the call. <laughs> yeah, you take the call or whatever. And things of times have changed. Let's be clear. That was 1980, or 1991, I believe, or 1990. Um, times have changed. But I do wonder if Jokic in himself just kind of wakes up one day in retirement and is like, nobody thinks the game like me. I have mm-hmm. all these guys, and I love the game. I just wonder if, like, this is what I do next. 
but again, I could see it more in the in like kind of what we were talking about than the here's my camp, you pay me, you come to me. It's not gonna be that. Or, or, I, will, sure. yeah. or I will coach your team. Yeah. I, I also wonder too, and I'm curious on your perspective on this. Okay. Because this is something that I think has been part of Jokic's growth. Sometimes when a player is as smart as Jokic, the hang up in communication or coaching is that you simply do not understand right. why they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I think we've seen Jokic evolve a lot from this kind of stuff to helping guys figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious if you think like that could be a hang up for Jokic because he seems to understand the game in this almost immediate way that I could conceive of frustration when others don't get but it. Let me even preface it one more way, Said. Mm. What if it is more, like he goes into this year, he's always been reluctant to talk to people, mm. but then maybe this is the year he realizes people like that. And oh, by the way, I like that. Mm. I like telling guys He was guys a really vocal. I mean, he was a really yeah, vocal sure. a lot of times. What you point out on the list many times that like, uh, how to defend, how he directed Jordan, yeah. uh, or Gordon not yeah. to like, step in on the... Uh, uh, I think it's in the Minnesota series, like, uh, but and he's directed KCP to move on so he can lap to uh, yeah. Gordon. So he's he already sees the game and he got enough enough people that on his IQ level, and that's what Gordon said right before last year that, or finish of two years ago after the Warriors series that I want to go and work on the mental and the IQ level. Yeah. Um, I think he's gonna be a great coach, but he's he's not a very I mean, it seems like on fan level, he's not a very people person. <laughs> like, yeah. But, I mean, he is people person. No, like, he likes to party. I mean, but maybe he'll coach in he, Serbia. Like, right, I do right. think some of this is cultural. Like, right. I, right. I would be surprised if he became the Nuggets' head coach Dude, in 10 years. I mean, but would he just go back to KK Joker? He won't be Jokers? Tim Duncan. In yeah, that. yeah, you know what? Maybe he's that KK Joker. I could see that and more KK than Joker somehow rises right. to be like right. the Euro League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. comp him a lot to Tim Duncan, but Tim Duncan stuck around after, you know, for until now. I think he's in uh, something with a team. Oh, yeah, he does he's have a minor role. Like but he also disappears for long stretches of time. Of course. And I don't know if Jokic will get on that level, but I think he's just sees the game completely differently he can uh, for for sure coach guys that are able to see the game that way yeah my thing with yoke is that we make assumptions about him that are logical assumptions because he gets stuff he gives us right but that there's always this curveball in all of it and people that watch basketball seminars on youtube hour-long basketball seminars People that watch random EuroLeague games and then call with advice because they're thinking of strategy, like that is people that are obsessed with basketball. Yeah, that's that's, not, a, that's not like no, I just casually watch the seminar. Right, like, right, no, right. this guy is a bit of a jumpy junkie and oftentimes that just runs a little bit deeper. I mean, I think don't you think when he said basketball is not my life, I think he, he means more the NBA, the Correct. NBA lifestyle, the NBA. Uh, I think he also means drama. basketball, but I think Greg but Popovich would say the same thing. I think he would say basketball is not my that life. That doesn't mean he doesn't love basketball. But he's obsessed but, with the game of basketball. Yeah. I'm not obsessed with being in the, you know, getting another contract while I'm 36 till 40, like, yeah. you know, yeah, just to make the money. I don't think that part of it. To, I mean, of yeah. course, that's my analyzation, but sure, uh, we're projecting, yeah, 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 we're projecting of course. Um, before we get out of the second segment, I just kind of quickly want to run through a couple little, I guess they can't call wind chimes. Just some things Saeed I've been hearing. Chimes. Saeed chimes. <laughs> Saeed says. Uh, <laughs> I have some uh, some things I've just been hearing about the summers. You know, I, summers kind of go different ways. It's going to take some time off. You don't want everybody to be all sick of you. But you start to reach out and just say, all right, camp's getting coming up. What's been going on in the summer? Two names pop up the most when I'm talking to just different people kind of in the know. Again, this isn't always team stuff. This is sometimes just people that are around the team, you know, various, various people. Number one, I didn't hear Jamal Murray's back in town, so he's been doing some stuff. He was okay. back in town. I think this is the second or third day he's been back in town and working out. We'll get to him in a second. Heard Christian Brown looks even more confident, more athletic, and just more like has more to his game than what we have seen previously. That one, I don't Big think. Standout. It, I don't think that was supposed to be surprising because that surprise. that's the least surprising thing I've ever heard. I that guy. There's a lot of buzz with him though that he might be because you know, I'm skeptical of a leap. I just kind of feel like I know what he is. Sure, sure, sure. Better at the things he is, but maybe. Well, maybe you know what I'm not. not skeptical on is work ethic. Well, like, yeah. I just know that he's a, he is a guy that's obsessed <laughs> with it, dude. Like, if I was like Christian Brown's a little out of shape, he gained like right. 15 pounds. You'd be like, what, what no, happens? No yeah, way. Yeah, not he's, a chance. He's definitely has a, like a more stable role with a team. Not a not a roller coaster like last year. He's a rookie. Malone does Malone play rookies? Blah blah blah. It's said and done. He's part of the rotation. He will be playing every night, 
and, and he, that's you know he can prepare for that better. That's true, and I but he's probably preparing for his having the ball in his hands a bit more. I wouldn't say a ton, but a bit more because that's the leap I think he would need to take to grow out of this role where he, he excels, but to become something else for he the can. Nuggets. He can. He connected with the Jokic during that playoff runs, just give and go, and like he sees the game and he's sure. quick to react. And but he's too intense not to take an off season to try to get better after a title. He's that's com- complacency is not in his vocabulary. I would assume. Yeah. So, but anyway, a lot of buzz around him, a lot of excitement, and you know, again, while I still think I know exactly how Christian Brown's season's going to go, you know, maybe not. Maybe there is a, some, a little bit more that we haven't quite seen yet. I will say one thing about him. I do think I'm worried about the Nuggets missing Bruce Brown's attitude. Christian Brown played like a freshman, like a fresh, not a rookie, a freshman last year, where it was like when you're a freshman on a team, it's like you don't want to rattle any feathers. You can't fully let your personality out because I'm the new Mm -hmm. guy here. I think that the Nuggets need his attitude. I hope he pisses off. Remember, we thought he was going to be pissing off everyone. Mm -hmm. Like that was his reputation. He didn't piss anyone off last year. He guarded well. Right. I, this year, I do think the Nuggets are going to need him to strategically bring a little bit of an edge that in a positive way. Not in a Dylan Brooks way, but in a positive way. So that's one thing. Well, All like right. the mm-hmm. Indiana Pacers 16 dunks game, and Bruce gets the steal on the dunk, and he's so pumped, and the yep. crowd's so pumped. Like that, Christian Brown can be that yep. guy. Oh, yeah. Um, the guy that has been the surprise for me, who's been a big standout, I've heard, is Reggie Jackson. I've heard Reggie Jackson has had a very good summer. I sure that hope. He, that he has been extremely intense and focused yeah. and driven. Yeah. And around. And around all, all summer. Uh, and that, you know, I think that he probably sees himself. I mean, this part is me just talking now based on what I've heard. But probably sees himself as a pivotal role this year. And I think he's right. But there is some optimism, I think, about Reggie Jackson and what has what he's looked like over the summer. That he's going to have a bounce back sort of impact season. Um, I mean, I sure hope so. Like, we need him. We need a backup point guard. We need not to play Jamal, I don't know, like 30, at least through, you know, the uh, regular season, not so many minutes. So I hope it works out. I hope he can be the leader on the second team. That's second unit, sorry. Yeah, I will say to to in, in Reggie Jackson's defense of whatever impressions last year may have made, the other vets got here at training camp. He was a later addition with not a ton of runway to... No, he didn't play well, but as far as, like, getting here, absorbing the culture, contributing to it, realizing you have an opportunity, and and, and just becoming the best version of yourself in Denver, I do think he's owed more time. So I have... I'm skeptical because he's been in the NBA for a while, Mm -hmm. but I'm not closed off to this possibility... This is a guy who has contributed at a high level at times for teams in high leverage situations. So this isn't off the table for Reggie. And I love, he actually did have, after the Memphis game, I think, I don't know if, was he around? Yes. He was the one who was saying, you guys have to hear how these guys talk to each other right, in the locker room. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that, he felt different. That's yeah. when I realized. And I so when guys have been around for a long time and then they get here because it's different. It's like a second year player. You're like, right. All right. Mm-hmm. Came from a bad situation. He's been around. So so he now he's got a taste of that last year. Then they want to win the title, and he's like, Hey man, this is awesome. And I don't want to be a, a bus rider on it this year. I'm gonna do what I can do to True. be a Jeff Green or a, you know DeAndre Jordan or hopefully even more than that actually. So I'm excited. So I just I will say I do think there's a little bit excitement around the team. Um, uh, just optimism because I do feel like it's a young and hungry group of guys that are here. The vets I think are not quite in town yet outside mm-hmm. of Jamal, who I hear is back already, um, and then Reggie. But the young guys have been in the gym, you know, all summer as most young guys are, and I think there's like an optimism about how they've d- developed this year and just how hard all of them work. I love. That. I don't think that there's any slackers or guys like this. I think they've had a really strong one all right let's take a break mm-hmm. on the other side vote's going to talk to us about what he wants to see this year what would make this year unique what would make the sequel better than the original i love it i also love my beers from breck brew the breck beers at dnvr are awesome no slackers at breck they're constantly grinding to innovate the game they want to create new flavors new beers for you to try so that you have one for every game every season maybe every day of the week just kidding Drink responsibly but no matter how much they push or innovate, they never lose that core beer quality. Just just what you're looking for when you want to open an ice cold one. So it's always worth checking out a Breck beer. We have so many of them at the DNVR bar. 
Like the Broncos country right now, it's in season and it's only six bucks here at the corner of York and Colfax. If you're looking to drink it from the comfort of your home, check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Tell it where you live, tell it what you're looking for. It'll tell you where to go next. And very excited to once again, talk about our friends, Bacchus and Shanker. Oh yeah. We want to have your back here at DNVR. We want to have Colorado's back. That's it's community, yeah, Bacchus and Shanker. They got everyone's backs. If you are hurt, it's not your fault. That could be at work. That could be in a car, motorcycle. You want to call these fellas and their 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 staff. It's a big staff, a lot of manpower there. And don't worry about calling them. A consultation is free when you call them at 222-2222. In fact, them taking on your case is free. They're not going to charge you unless they've won. And they do win. They've been winning for over 25 years in Colorado. So check out our friends at Bacchus and Shanker. Call 222-2222 or check out coloradolaw.net. And we are back. Segment three. I was thinking about this a lot, man. I mean, I think I thought about it a lot all summer. The Nuggets are going into a d- title defense year. Will there be a letdown? Just emotionally, even if it's a good year. And let me ask you a question, Saeed. Mm-hmm. We waited all this time for them to win. If next year, let me lay out a hypothetical season for you. First 20 games... Okay. Nuggets don't quite look so great. One or two starters look like they're getting their engines revved up, you know, short off season. Then they get really hot around January, have a great January. They look like the best team in the NBA, six-week stretch. Then they kind of coast to the one seed because nobody's really chasing them. So they kind of coast to, we'll say, 54 wins. Then they dominate the playoffs. How good of a script is that in your mind for this upcoming season? Isn't that what just happened? It's the exact <laughs> script from last season. It is, yeah. But I'm asking, so I'm asking you, like, as if it that... goes, the last month was terrible <laughs> yeah. as a fan. And the first like Be- six because weeks. they never done it. And now the, yeah. I can be more relaxed. But at the time they never done it. I'm like, what the hell? Even Malone was. I think you mentioned it on one of the shows. Malone was nervous. Like yeah. I don't know what's going on. So if Malone yeah. is nervous as a fan, we'll be like dying. I'm like, what's going on? Like don't lose. What you build up, you know, for that two month uh, stretch. So, but now if they re- repeat the same thing in the same scenario, I think I'll be more relaxed. The whole fan base will be more relaxed because they we know what they're gonna do in the playoffs. So you think you'll enjoy it as much, if not more, even if it's the exact same thing. I won't enjoy the losing. <laughs> <laughs> I just the real question. Can I tell you something about how I watch the game? So you know, for me, it's like it could be three a.m., four a.m. So sometimes I don't wake up that early all the time. So when I wake up at six, I ca- I cannot check the score, even if I, I can stay. You know, if I, even if I couldn't watch it early in the morning, I had to wait till that night. Uh, I cannot check Twitter. I cannot check like anything. I block everything about notification till I get to watch it. Because if they lose, I can't watch it. So <laughs> if they know they lost, I can't watch it. So I have to go. Like, that I is watch true. It another like in a, twelve hours later, knowing that you know I don't know. It's like a, yeah, I'm this watching. This is a great live. point. If you get a game spoiled for you, but your team wins, it sucks. But it doesn't suck that bad because you're like you're excited. And then as you're watching the game, you're almost less nervous because you know it has a happy ending. Sure. But if they lose. No matter how dope the game is, you either can't watch it or you watch it and the whole time you're like, something awesome happens. And you're like, man, they wasted this. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it kind of ruins And I'm it. not a fair, you know, fair weather fan. I love I no. love watching the Nuggets. I just don't like, enjoy watching knowing the result. That oh, they of lost. course, that makes all the sense in the yeah. world. For, for you, does the, sto- does the script need to be different? Even if the outcome is the same, does the script need to be different for it to have the right punch? I think so. I also think just the way fan anxiety works. While ideally rose-colored glasses, you see the same beats and you think, we know how this story right. ends. Yeah, so right. It's actually going to be, they're so complacent already. Yeah, yeah. They don't yeah. want it. Yeah. So, by the way, I'm joking. I'm not, I get it. That's how fans react and, and yeah, understandably so. So I do think the anxiety would still be there. But because also that the, the complacency is the one, I don't know about you guys. I feel like it, complacencies and injuries are the big, the biggest barrier, more so than the opponents. I, teams can beat them, but no one clearly leapfrogged them or arose as the challenger to me. For the Nuggets, it's really about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So, fighting against complacency is, I think, maybe the top thing we would like to see early. That just makes us go, man. I'm all in for this ride because I think they're doing it again. Right, <laughs> and, and I think, in my opinion, I I heard so many people they think they they're gonna just coast the regular season. I don't think so. I think they're gonna 
prove something. Really? I think they might break the 57 uh, record one. Well, Just because you have Jamal Murray is hungry for an all-star. Aaron Gordon is hungry for all-star. Of course, Nikola Jokic, I, you know, I think he's going to get it. I think they're going to prove something in a regular that, season. That's a separate thing. That can't go together. Make it put it on your list. I just saw your update your list. But if, you, if it is, put it on the list somewhere. But that has to be different. Um, I like your 58 wins take because to me, that's one thing that would make this year interesting, especially the end of the year. Like well, this last year, we I had my eye on it. But early on, when they started to take their foot off the gas, you were like, ah, they're probably not mm-hmm. going to get there. So there wasn't that much tension about it. This year, that would be one way to make the final two, three weeks of the season is if you start looking at it and going, they're on pace for 59 wins. Like, are they going to do this? Break a record. Put your name in the, the record books that this is the team that did it. To me, that would be one of the things that would make the script a little bit different. We talked right. about Jamal Murray having a breakout year. I mean, Murray's already broken out as a playoff player, but if this is the year he becomes an all-star or something, that would make the year better. I always think MPJ career highs are just great. Like, we've already seen Murray 50 pieces. We've seen Jokic 50 pieces. The difference between 51, 53, it's cool, but them setting a career high is not... Porter setting a career high this year means he scored 45, 50 points. That, to me, is like, join the ranks, man. That would make the season so fun. He never got 40 points yet. I think 37 is his 39, maybe. Oh, so Maybe 39. Um... And then, like, I wonder if there's a trade. Let me ask this before you get to your list. Do you feel it's a hard list? Do you feel like a trade this year is more or less likely than previous seasons going into the year? For more for who? The Nuggets. More. Oh, oh general. Okay. But not because of the where, Nuggets to make a trade. But okay. not because of where they're at as an org. Like we need one. There are guys like Zeke who are at a point in their contract and career where it's just you're either going to help us on the floor or help us as an asset, right, in the trade market. And so I do think. And, and it's a bench that has question marks. It, it's great that we, we are hearing good things about Reggie Jackson. I don't think it's many people's plan A for the backup point guard. So I just think there's a possibility mm-hmm. you get to the all-star break, and it's the six through eight yeah. could use a little work. I don't know. It's, it, and I, Calvin has kind of – we don't quite know him yet. It's only been correct. a year. It's only been two off seasons and one season. Maybe he does. Maybe he is a wild trade deadline person who just like throws out a deal we didn't see coming. Historically, outside of Gordon and Plumlee, I I don't think we got a midseason trade that. Well, is Tim Conley good. was definitely on the low end of guys that like to make right. trades. He was more conservative. But outside, but, but he did every year. I think like a trade or some sort. But the meaningful ones are Plumlee and uh, oh. Gordon. But a midseason trade that's going to make happen, I do believe it, uh, and it's going to be the Vlatko. Uh, Jeff Green comp. Yeah. Like, who's going to play that role? Ooh, I like 555 here. He says winning the first ever in season tournament would make the season more interesting. I hope they take this seriously because I would love to win that, man. I have a theory that everyone thinks that they have to think themselves in or out of caring about this. And what's going to happen is it's just going to be a night, and you realize if they win, they move on, and if they lose, they don't. Yeah. And you're going to want them to win that the game. The more they win, you're the more you're right going to get into it. So the Nuggets start 1-0 and in the in-season yeah. pool play, and we're going to be like, all right, we're into it. They start 0-1, you're probably like, I'm out of this. I'm not into it. But if they go, like, they're 3-0, and that fourth game, you're going to be like, come on, baby, close this thing Dude, out. Yeah. If they make it to the finals, yeah. we want a winner's lounge, and the loser's lounge would stink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's this stuff is going to happen. Yeah. All right, but vote. Okay, this list is hard, bet, You had to make a bet 365, never ordinary, top five boxes you want to see checked this season. What did we call this? Your wish list? My wish list. This is a combination of things that I think make the season dope and maybe unique. Yeah. So dope in different ways than we've seen before. But obviously, I have to start with what you think is implied. But guess what? I even have an opinion on this. Obviously, they have to repeat. We'll put that at number one, Alyssa, repeat. But this is not a default answer. Repeating is one of the hardest things to do in sports. I still think it is fair to look at the lay of the land, the way Nikola Jokic is playing, and think we should expect the Denver Nuggets to win a title. I I think of him as a Jordan and a LeBron, and it's not a guarantee that they do, but no one got good enough that I'm going to change. I expect a title. So repeat is number one. The right. Steph pre-KD uh, Warriors won one. Now they won a second one years later, but it's almost even a little different. Yeah. The Heatles won two. You know, Kobe and, and Powell won two. Kobe and Shaq won three. Like, it's just, it means something to win two. means something Just to like win it wins something to me three. Has like Tim go- Duncan ever repeat? No. Tim oh. Duncan has never repeated. And they, I'm going to say <laughs> That's it. That's a great they one. They should repeat. If they take this season the way we want them to, I... They're the favorites. So I think I like yeah. it. A repeat alone, you're right. That makes it memorable. Let me ask you, repeat 
winning the playoffs or repeat get, get, going to the finals? Winning repeat the finals. is winning Re- it. Winning 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 We're title. over the hump of going to the finals being a check mark. Like, yeah, we've already checked that box. That's my take okay. on it. Okay. It's got to be a championship. Championship. All right. Number no. two, it is time to see Jamal Murray make the all-star team. And I think Jamal Murray making the all-star team once would have looked like he's forcing it. It's too much of Murray taking shots. I love that Adam has... He's a Jamal all-star. Jamal all-star. Adam has dug in on this all summer, and I think I might have let this slide through my memory if he hadn't. Murray's playmaking leap in the Western Conference Finals and Finals in particular is insane. And there's... He doesn't necessarily have to become a a trucker to make an all-star team. He could actually take this leap as one of the very best playmaking point guards in the league. Ooh, this be can, so sick. This can all be done. <laughs> his points per game actually doesn't change, but he's averaging nine and a half efficient, assists. efficient, and then his assists are... And he yokes up to 30 points. Yeah, We're like, we got yeah. it all wrong. Jamal making the All-Star game can happen without them changing what they like to do. So I'm throwing it up. There. Porter's the one that actually makes the leap, but it's because of Jamal. Right. He becomes like a Jamal just point cannot guard. stop diming him up. What a segue, because what's number three? An MPJ breakout season. Ooh. We know the Denver Nuggets can win the title as is with MPJ doing his job as is. We just saw it. But man, go look at look the at highlights. Season. Look at the 19 points per game when he first started. Porter is capable of more. And more from Porter is more fun for all of us. This one I'm telling you, man. Is that a breakout in a all-star? I, it is a bit open-ended, <laughs> okay. but will you guys allow me I'll to just... I'll allow it, man, because I mean, we'll know a breakout from... You'll know it when we see it. He's very consistently good. I will say, man... I love Jamal. Like, Jamal's won me over several times, you know, from my early skepticisms in his career or whatever. There's still something about MPJ, though, that's different. It just hits different it for hits, me, man. Like, it hits different. The reason I have Jamal number two is because I actually think if, if it happens, yeah, more, it's more impactful. Leap, you're it's like, more impactful. dude, they're not losing. They're so never, never, they might not lose for six having years. Having said that, if you get two and three, one is oh, definitely happening. we're cooking, baby. So, MPJ breakout season three. I this like gets it. really tough because there are a bunch of things I want to throw on this list. Just do four, and then we'll do honorable mentions before five. Okay. I'm taking 58 or more wins. I was actually. You want them to have it. I want them to have it. I think yes. they want to have it. Yeah. I think they kind of wanted it last year, but they realized they were up against a. How do we approach this? The playoffs are more important. Um, shout out George Carl. I don't want those tweets. I don't want those tweets. <laughs> They're good, but we were better. I want 58 or more wins. I, I agree. I, I will say this. I ha- I love the 2013 team. I think a lot of fans do because it did mean something special. Melo le- lo- uh, left. And that team a couple years later kind of felt like we're going to be okay. It was a false hope, but it was like, oh, we're going to be okay or whatever. So it meant something. At the same time, man, I'm sick of having to pretend that team belongs in the pantheon of all-time great Nuggets teams. It was a very good and a great story. They caught hot, and that's a great story in and of itself. This team needs to be remembered as the greatest of all time in every sense. I think that's the only record they didn't break out of that era, George Carl era. Except, okay, the 1,000 wins, but, like, uh, you know, that's a risk. All right, let's do some honorable mentions. This one I thought I've, I've moved in and out of list a couple times. 16 or 4 or better in the playoffs. I'm going to say better. I'm going to say improve on 16 4, but it's only an honorable mention. Dude, if you go to go 32 and 8 over two years or better, like that is a real. I want, I, last year, Stop. I was shocked at how many, how few teams went 16 and 4. In the 16 game it is uh, a era, it's so such a short Good. list. Yeah, I w- that list would get even shorter if you go down to like over two years. I'll bet you it's like one or two teams. But now Bruce Brown feels like they shouldn't have lost those four even, right? And I think that's <laughs> a <laughs> bit silly, but maybe they're right. And I think yeah, if this happens, it's also it also feeds into this, right? Last year, oh, they ran through the easiest run. It was the eight seed. Blah 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 blah. If it's a, a new playoff field and they just do the same thing again. <laughs> You know, it's difficult. Get out of here. Yeah, so, it'll be difficult because now <coughs> teams are more prepared for them. Another honorable mention. I just have two. This one is for Mr. Michael Malone, a top 10 defense, finally achieving it, getting there. And it would also reveal to me that they're fighting what we were worried about. Complacency. A top 10 defense can't be achieved unless you actually care in the beginning and the end. We saw last year they could have done it, but they didn't for that reason. Mm-hmm. I think if you have a top 10 defense, it's, man, they were lot. They didn't come here to do it Top again. 10 defense would be an all. It's not going to happen, I don't but think. No, but it not. would be. But it would be a great thing to have a feather in your cap where you're just like, oh, yeah, remember when you guys used to say they weren't right. good defense? Come on. Like, they're good at everything now. They have a top 10 defense, then you just know. like They showed up this year to be better than last year. Not, yeah. Right. Not, They'll be in the playoffs. Having true. said that, it's not number five. Number five for me, it is time. You have the best offensive player of all time. 
Can you finally record the best offense of all time? Let's go. It should, it, first of all, if number two and three are happening, buckle <laughs> up for so five true. for sure. But this is one that is on the table. You have Jokic. I think the second unit has a chance to look a little better because they can get stops. Mm-hmm. I know the defense one won't happen. But this one could. Best offense of all time. You know what I'm a little tired of hearing, no matter how true it may be? Defense wins championships. What if offense wins championships? Let's go with five. That's the Warriors in 2016. They didn't get the job done in the end, but their mm-hmm. offense went to a whole other level where it was like, wow, man, they are just like haymaker. I would love this year to be the year where the Nuggets throw a haymaker punch roughly 60% of 70% of games where a team is like, man, we're neck and neck with the Nuggets late in the third. And the fourth quarter starts and the Nuggets go on a 20-0 run. And you're like, remember when you guys thought this was a close game? Lights out, go to bed. (laughs) That's what the Warriors did in 2016. I'd love for the Nuggets to have that punched behind them. All right, we got to keep it moving. Let's take our last break. On the other side, we're going to snake draft sequels. We're talking about the perfect Nuggets sequel. Well, let's snake draft a little here today. Saeed's even going to help us snake draft his own. suck so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Broken Tea is the coolest golf course. It's vibey. We're all about vibes. It's an award-winning practice facility with 27 total holes, 18-hole championship course, and challenging par-3 course. It's a stocked pro shop. It's not just the course. It's uh, They've got sick gear, wall-to-wall drip, and a great restaurant, too, and why it's at Broken Tea. If you're looking for a whole golf experience, a, a vibey golf day, you got to check out our friends at Broken Tea and use code DNVR10. When you do, go to brokenteagolf.com, punch in code dnvr10 for 10% off any round on their regulation course check out our friends at broken tea also really excited to tell you about kind love one of the original dispensaries 2010 they're one of the first dispensaries of the original marijuana boom here in colorado known for cultivating some of the highest quality cannabis in the state authentic genetics patient growth techniques it's just a high quality brand i know that because i've tried it i really like kind love I like the price. I like the customer service. You know what I really like? DNVR for 25% off in store. Are they a little out of your way? Guess what? You're not going to find a better neighborhood discount than 25% off. Make the trip. Go to Kind Love. Tell them we sent you and enjoy everything that you would hope to enjoy from your classic dispensary menu, plus their new turbo joint line. Visit their website at kindlove.com. Use that code DNVR for online ordering and their full extensive menu. All right, let's get controversial here. Do we have the borderless? I kind of threw this to you late. Which who do you want to go first, second, and third? We can get started, and I can send you the list as we're going. All right, I'll go. Let's go, you go this first. order. You go we're first. gonna be snake drafting the best sequels of all time in honor of the Nuggets getting the. I can't believe I got to go first. I just want Saeed to know, like. Don't steal mine. It looks really easy from home. You're about to find out. Yeah, you're about to find out. I'm I'm under pressure. I'm going to take Godfather 2 with my first pick. One of the all-time best movies. It might be better than Godfather 1. I actually don't want to say that. I think they're both equally as good. Yes. Godfather 1, Godfather 2. Absolute bangers. I'm taking it with my number one pick. Yeah, one of the best movies of all time. Probably the best sequel of all time. It's a good pick. I, I feel great about my draft so far. I'm going to go. How many do we need to pick? We're, we're going to go back and forth till we get... Um, should we do three? Yeah, we can do three. We can do three, okay. since we, we have three, three people. I'm going to go with a recent cultural phenomenon that had a big impact on my life. Don't know if you can tell at home. Top Gun, Maverick. Throw it on the board. <laughs> Top Gun. It, this one really did influence your life a lot. It's actually so much better than the original. I don't care for the original. I don't think it's good. The second one is you awesome. You don't think it's good? Here's the problem with... Young people analyzing old <laughs> things. Me. They exist within their time. Like, you know, this is why all the, like, uh, comic book movies of the 2000s are kind of dark. And then when you watch Tim Burton's Batman, you're like, it's silly. It's like, yeah, that was the time, man. We weren't no, I, trying I, to depress ourselves. I, I'm, we were I'm to- with you on that. I just, Top Gun is, is Top a, Gun 1 is unintentionally funny to me. But it was even at the time. I'm I, telling I, you, it's yeah, like yeah, dudes yeah. being bros. Yeah, like, that yeah. was the time. It there was, was a self-awareness to it. Like, yeah. However. We built this city it's like the vibe of the time. Uh, but the second one to me was like just an awesome action flick that kind of managed to free itself from the propaganda part of it, too. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, I love it. All right, so cool. tell us so your get terrible movie. You get to pick two here, but start terrible. with your first uh, one. All right. It's terrible, all right, but... Uh, we should go four rounds. I think we can do four with three all right. people. Okay. 
So uh, I'll go with a special movie to me because uh, the first time I was in a movie theater were, was for the Rush Hour 2 in 2001. <laughs> it's actually a good movie, though. Uh, my selection of movies is going to be either action or comedy action. So that's, that's <laughs> what I watch. I'm not a drama. It actually <laughs> is a good movie, though. Rush Hour 2 is. is a good one. It's fun. There is. It's, I, I, I was 14, poorly, no know. English, so I enjoyed only the action that I saw. Yeah. All that. That's <laughs> actually probably a great movie for foreigners because one of the principal people doesn't speak English. That's right. It's, like, it's also a great pick. You just showed up and you drafted true to your heart with pick number that's how one. You do it, baby. You know? that's, that's how you do it. You're going to lose, but you know, that's how you it's do all right, it. It's all right. It's all right. All right. Oh, where's my picture? Mine was Godfather 2. <laughs> okay. So I go again? Yes. Or, you go okay. again. Oh, uh, I'll, we'll I'll pick a really cool movie, and I love the story of it. It's the uh, Batman: The Dark Knight. Oh, it's a great one. It was on the my Dark list. Night, yeah, the Dark sure. Knight, just the uh, the always the, in the whole movie, you have to always pick between the good and evil. No, the bad and worse. They always put you <laughs> in the, those situations. It's either yeah. you, you, I don't know, you die or you kill two me, two more people, <laughs> and you but, live. It's a good one. Everybody <laughs> likes Dark Knight. Your board is going to be uh, doing very well. I will go with one of the more universally approved of and valued sequels in history. The Empire Strikes Back. Throw it on yeah, the list. that one. It's, uh, it's an obvious one. I actually think a great number of Star Wars properties are overrated. I think the universe somehow has more appeal than most of the properties themselves. I agree. However, Empire Strikes Back. Holds up. It's a great good. film. Yeah, it's a great, great film. It's really good. So I'm taking that. That's a really good pick. It's a strong pick. I can't knock that pick at all. Uh, I'm going to lose this draft, but I'm going to draft to my heart. I'm taking Before Sunset. Love oh, that movie. It's my favorite of the one. entire trilogy. Mm -hmm. It's one of, I think, just like one like a truly romantic movie. There's something very romantic about that movie. Also, another one of those movies that makes you want to go to Europe, makes you want to go to Paris. That's true. Um, right. Just phenomenal. Start a lifelong affair. Just it like really a whole, does. It really exactly what I feel every time. Yeah. Uh, after that, I'm going to go to... 22 Jump Street. Whoa! 22 Jump Street. This is the biggest surprise in five I, years of podcasting. I love 22 Jump Street. I think it's hilarious. I also think it's a rare example of a movie. I don't think I watch it for the it, record. It's but. funnier than the first one. It's also like they leaned into the fact that it was the exact same movie with the same beats, but they do it in a way that's so hilarious. It's like, it, it's great. I think it's a great movie. Uh, I took 22 Jump Street. Love it. Is that bad to me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go... With, I think, an appreciated film and yet an underrated film, my favorite Ryan Gosling film, what? Blade Runner 2049. All right, all right. That is an aesthetic powerhouse. Yeah. It's one of the most beautiful films ever made. Yeah. It is so visually compelling mm -hmm. that even the beats of the film that don't do it for me draw me in. I think it's, a, yeah. I think it's an all-time great movie that is viewed as a good movie, and I think it should get more love. This, uh, I'm going to lose this so bad. Yeah. All right. Can I be the winner on the first one? You time? probably can. <laughs> you might, actually. Okay. My next pick will be uh, Star Trek Into Darkness in 2013. I love that movie. Wow. Uh, Into it's, Darkness. It's a, it's a typical American in terms of, like, story. Somebody with, like, you know, no success. He jumped into the spaceship, and it's because his dad <laughs> yeah. is history. <laughs> but <laughs> I want you to describe every movie. <laughs> yeah, movie removes awesome. the pain. You're going to get a podcast yeah. on this yeah. network, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, I, I, you know, I watch it, and I enjoy that that movie a lot. It was a long movie, I remember that, too. <laughs> and it's long. It's not long. only is it good, it's long. Uh, the one is going to be okay. The last one the, is your the last funniest pick. Make it really count. movie of all time, Hangover 1. No, you can't take the one. You can't take the first one. Oh. You have to take the second one, which so is So now like you have the, to take Hangover 2. He doesn't have and to. You're in I don't trouble. know. Okay. No, I kidding. thought I need, like, okay, no, you want the sequel, sequel one. Yeah. Okay. But you're right. But there's the some, there's some heavy the hitters two. out there. There's I mean, Terminator the two is as funny. Really? Number two is where you're going to take Hangover 2? It's his draft, bro. It is yeah. his draft. That movie is the same movie, though. Talk about a movie that was like, what they're if all we just the same. did the same? Yeah, they're, they're all, all the, same. the exact same. They're and not the same even character got lost. The same. So every time <laughs> like, he shows up at the beginning. Change the character for one Christ's sake. All right. Hangover 4. All right. Some, or 3. Or at two, some two. point, you got <laughs> no to draft to win a draft 2 at some point. Hmm. So we're coming in. Oh, Guys, man, I'm so up, torn. Please. Okay, aliens can't not make yeah, this list. This is, you're, however, you're pandering. Oh. however, oh wow, it's not on mine. That's like everybody's top sequel, you know. So good, good on you, not not yeah. just pandering. Um, it's uh, Eric would have totally taken it. For me, it is Lord of the Rings and the Two Towers. That's a good one too. I just <laughs> love the Lord of the Rings. You like it more than Return of the King? Uh, well. Can I take the a yeah, third in a trilogy? Of course. Oh, give me Return of the King then, if you don't yeah. mind, Alyssa. I think they're both great. Some people like to the. Two well, Towers the, more. the yeah, I mean the battle in Two Towers is like an all timer, mm -hmm. but the third is a better film, start to finish. Return of the King, 
uh, one of the all-time Oscar performers as well. More of a legacy award for the whole trilogy, but yeah. they, they just don't make movies like this anymore, man. They just don't make they them just like don't it, make man. Them like they that. actually do make. This is all they make. No, they don't. They make Avengers and everything else. Like the it's Avengers, like, is Avengers, Lord of the Rings, famously the same thing. Oh, well, I'm saying they are in the same corner. They're not even. You don't think they're in the same corner? Superhero and fantasy are different genres. I'm taking. There's a lot on the board. Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade's there. Terminator 2, Rocky 4 is oh, on the board. Oh, it's Fast and 6 oh, with Ocean's Johnson, 13, too. Frasier. You could have taken oh, Frasier. Yeah. Better Call Saul, maybe, yeah. if you wanted to go that route. There's so many. I'm taking one that nobody's heard of. I'm taking 35 Up. Have you guys ever seen the 7 Up series? No. you never seen it? No. They took the people in the 50s in, in, in the UK, and they made a documentary about them, the seven-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And then every seven years, they would check in with them. Okay, so it's almost like you're learning the lives of these different people seven years at a time. The reason I like 35 Up... Because every year they kind of go through. It's actually very sad. There's some of them like you meet a kid at seven years old. He's got the light in his eyes and everything. Mm-hmm. Then you meet him at 14 and 21. And you just see how the world's beat him down. He's depressed. You know the world. And it's almost sad. You see this. 35 is where you get the most interact. People are kind of horror who they are. Mm-hmm. So it's like the you know sixth mm-hmm. installment of it. You kind of seen at that point. You've kind of seen the full ups and downs the and full picture. Yeah, yeah of, of these people. And I think it's like a really fascinating thing. So I'm gonna go 35. So up. was it a documentary? It's like, a documentary of a real thing. Like a real thing. Yeah. Real, real documentary of people's real lives. It goes all the way up. I think they're all the way up to whatever in the 60s, you know. Okay. And it's a pretty good, pretty good uh, show. We want to encourage you, if you see it online, on Twitter, obviously we want you to vote in the poll. But Toy Story 2, honestly, actually. Wanna, to- any of the Toy Stories. Toy Story has probably the best start to finish. No bad one. And drop your own top four of undrafted. Yeah. You know, you can kind of cheat and play along. And, and please vote. Check it out on, on Twitter. All right, everybody. We got to get out of here. Great Our job, Buffs man. fans Thanks, are going man. to awesome, storm Thanks the Thanks for having me, building. Said, yeah. Awesome. I'm all natural. Love, all love. All the way from uh, Israel to Colorado. I mean, you fly across the uh, several oceans. You never know. You could be on the show as well. <laughs> Hit the all like right. button on the way out.